Well, a question as we begin our study of these precious words of Scripture this morning. And that is, what are your thoughts and what are your responses when you listen to words being spoken by a person, especially if that person is regarded as being of high renown or importance, and especially if that person is a highly regarded religious leader? Because that's the circumstance that we're studying about here in our scripture passage for today. This is the Lord Jesus. And he had just finished talking to the people about how demons can invade the lives of ordinary people, causing them to do things and to behave in corrupt and evil ways. When from the back of the crowd, a woman who was listening began to shout at him. Listen to those words. This is in Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 27. And it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that nursed you. But he said, But more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Now I confess to you that as I first read these words, as you know I follow verse by verse through these scriptures, And so I confess to you that as I read these words and as I began to consider the message that God would intend for us to receive from them, I was at a loss to understand. These few words given here, just these two verses, seem to have very little to do with the context of the matters that were taking place at that time. On the one hand, Jesus was casting a demon out of a man. And in the process, he was being accused by the religious leaders of being in league with the devil. And then on the other hand, those Jewish leaders were demanding a sign from him as to who he really was. And again, then these next words from this woman in the crowd, they just don't seem to fit. They just don't seem to fit. And whatever God's purpose in presenting this circumstance to us in this way, Jesus did what Jesus always does. He engaged each of the circumstances, and each matter with the best and the right response. With the man who had a demon, he cast that demon out of that man. And then he turned and he answered the criticisms of those Jewish leaders. And then he gave words of wisdom to anyone who would listen about the evil activity of the demonic world as they crossed over from their demonic realm over into the human realm invading our lives and corrupting us and and making us miserable. And then, here and amongst all of the clamor that's taking place, this woman shouted, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that nursed you. And then Jesus responded immediately to her saying, But more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. As I read these words and I imagined the circumstance taking place, I could clearly in my imagination, see and hear this very motherly reaction taking place within this woman's heart. It was a very proud motherly type of response. As this dear woman witnessed all these wonderful things that Jesus was doing and saying, it seemed that she might have just gotten caught up in her admiration of him. So much so that she just had to shout something out loud, praise and admiration. And folks, as unrelated and perhaps even as inappropriate as that woman's words might seem to be, it's a clear example of what takes place 
moment by moment in some of our own meager human minds. We think thoughts and we have affections that come out from our earthly and human perspective. And because our minds are often too small to be able to properly recognize when a deeply spiritual occurrence is taking place, in our excitement we simply blurt out the first thing that comes to our mind. I'm reminded of a similar circumstance involving the Apostle Peter and the Lord Jesus when Jesus was explaining to Peter how he was going to need to be crucified. And we're told that Peter took the Lord Jesus aside and he began to rebuke him. And he said, never, Lord, never. This shall never happen to you. Now, there in those words, Peter, he was being a loving friend. And he also was having his own ideas and hopes about what the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, was supposed to do. And so he blurted out the first thing that came to his mind. And Jesus rebuked him. He rebuked Peter saying, Peter, you're a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the things of God. You have in mind the things of men. And unfortunately, that's what often takes place with most of us. Now here Peter was using fleshly thinking, his human rationale, And so is this woman here in this crowd. The human rationale that we have, it just cannot reach high enough to grasp and to understand the lofty things of God. And while you and I can't know exactly what this woman in the crowd was thinking as she spoke, we need always to remember that Jesus knew her thoughts. Folks, we're told throughout these Gospels that Jesus knew every thought of every person in every crowd that he walked through. He knew what every one of them was thinking. He knew what this woman was thinking. He knew that this woman's thoughts and her rationale, that they were fixed on earthly things and not on the things of God. And as she looked at Jesus, she was able to only see a man. Yes, he was a special man. Yes, he could do special things. But still, he was only a man in her concepts and not the very God of glory who had come to save her soul. And so her mind turned from him, and it gave credit to his mother. The woman said, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breasts that nursed you. Now again, folks, too often this same kind of confused thinking takes place within each of us. This earth and its affections, they're all that we know. They're all that we know. And our minds rush to a rationale of this earth and the culture of this earth. And we respond with our secular thinking. But God tells us not to do that. He tells us not to do that. In words like those in Colossians chapter 3, God tells us to set your mind on things that are above and not on things of this earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This particular scripture reminds me of an unkind criticism that I've sometimes heard said about people. I've heard it said about a person that they are so heavenly minded that they are of no earthly good. But folks, listen, if I understand this verse that I just read from Colossians correctly, such criticism is most likely a very, very wrong thing to say about a person. It seems that from these words that God really would be pleased for us to always be heavenly minded. Heavenly minded. That we would always see Jesus, not just as a man, 
And not just as a good teacher, as so many people think. And not just as a good example for us to follow. Too often we center on those kinds of things, and that is earthly thinking. Our thoughts need to be centered on Him as the holy God of glory, our Savior and our Lord. And again, the opposite was probably true for this woman in the crowd. And also for the Apostle Peter as they responded to Jesus. Their thoughts and their responses were from an earthly perspective. As I've studied these words, I found a curious correlation between these words that this woman shouted and some other words that are given to us in these scriptures. It's a correlation that also bespeaks a confusion and the confused commitments that can take place when we set our minds too much on thoughts and responses that are from an earthly perspective. And in that, we fail to know what God would have us to know and to believe about Him and His truth. These words spoken by this woman are very similar to a doctrine and some confused commitments that have become very important to our friends within the Catholic Church. In the book of Matthew, chapter 1, as angel Gabriel spoke to Mary, the mother of Jesus. He was talking to Mary about this divine calling that was being given to her to be the mother of the coming Messiah. Gabriel said to Mary, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And then later on, Mary prayed a prayer in Luke chapter 1 where Mary said, For he has regarded my lowly estate. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. And that was what was taking place with this woman here in this crowd. She was fulfilling this prophecy spoken by Mary. The woman in the crowd shouted, Blessed is the womb that bore you. Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you. Now, unfortunately, over these intervening years, the hierarchy of the Catholic Church has adopted a very similar mindset as this woman in this crowd. That of regarding Mary not only as being highly honored and highly favored, but sadly, they've taken the reverence far beyond the level of honor. They've elevated Mary to a very high position within God's kingdom. Such a high official position that she is prayed to, with the expectation that she can actually grant answers to prayers. The common daily rosary that is prayed is, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. But notice also the similarity within those words. First, the rosary. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And then note the similarity to the words of this woman here in this crowd. This woman said, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breasts that nursed you. And note again in the scripture passage that we're studying today that Jesus was swift. He was swift to correct the thoughts and the words of that dear woman in the crowd. Jesus quickly corrected her misguided exaltation of Mary by saying, More than that, more than blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. In these words, folks, Jesus was saying that more, much more than anything or any person, that blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. We have to keep our perspective 
in the proper order. And, and by the way, Mary fully agreed with those words of the Lord Jesus. She said in her prayer, she said, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices, listen, in God my Savior. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was truly a wonderful person. Truly a wonderful person. But as wonderful as she was and as blessed as she was, Mary was still simply a human being, just as you and me. And Mary does not have the ability to save anyone. She's not God. And from these words, we can know that Mary knew that she herself could not save anyone else, but she needed a Savior herself. She said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She needed a Savior herself. Now may I take a moment and remind us of the simple truth that Jesus is speaking about here and about what's really taking place for you and me to be saved. Here is this woman said, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that nursed you. Jesus quickly corrected her and said, More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Now we're told in Acts 4.12, Jesus himself is the only means and the only pathway to eternal salvation. There in Acts 4.12 we're told, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And in 1 John 5 we're told, and this is a testimony, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son of God has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These are the words that Jesus was speaking about when He said more than that. Blessed are those who hear the words of God and keep it. These words are the gospel. The gospel. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus said, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And also in Romans chapter 1, we read, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Folks, listen. As I mentioned earlier, we are saved through grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone, as it's given in these scriptures. Now, yes, Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus, she truly was so very, very important, so blessed and so highly to be honored. But it really matters not. Listen, it really matters not who our birth parents are. Or through what heritage we're born. That was made so very clear by the Lord Jesus when he warned the Jewish leaders of that day that they must not depend upon having the blood of Abraham coursing through their veins. That simple heritage alone, who your parents are, will not save a person. How many times have you heard people say, well, I have been going to church all of my life. My mama and my daddy and my grandparents, they were good Presbyterians or good Baptists or good Methodists or good Catholics. Folks, that does not save you. Our heritage does not save us. Who our parents are will not save us. And it's not through Abraham. And it's not through Mary, the mother of Jesus. It's through Christ and Christ alone that we're saved. I want to say this again. It's only through that second birth, that being born again, that Jesus explained to Nicodemus. It's only through being born again from above that we can be saved. 
And it's only through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus that we can have eternal life. Those words again. This is a testimony. God has given us eternal life. And that life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's the only avenue to eternal life. is through the blood of Christ. Now again, this dear woman just seems to have gotten caught up in a moment of innocent emotion. And instead of saying, praise be to the God of glory who has come to save us from our sins. She said instead, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that nursed you. Now before we close for today, I want us to examine ourselves carefully. About all of those occasions that take place in our own lives. Because I know for myself that too often those same kinds of confused commitments can take place within me. It has in the past. Folks, God is often doing marvelous things in your and my life. He makes provision for us every day. He turns bad situations into good ones. He shows grace and mercy to us when we deserve none. But we fail to recognize that it is God's intervening hand that's at work. And we mistakenly ascribe praise to some person or to some event or to something else. Instead of immediately giving God the glory for the great things that He has done, we let our emotions take us awry and we start praising some other person. And yes, while some person may have been very involved in blessing us and in being the source of a blessing that we receive, we need to remember that all good and perfect gifts come down from God the Father. We're told that clearly in James chapter 1. All good and perfect gifts come from Him. He just allows those good and perfect gifts to flow through some other person. And we must always remember to give glory to God and to Him alone. And as for Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus, the good and perfect gift of the Lord Jesus came from God the Father. He gave His only begotten Son. That gift came from God the Father. He simply allowed His good and perfect gift of the Lord Jesus to flow through the body and through the womb of Mary, His mother. Listen to these words and we'll close. Set your mind on things that are above and not on things of this earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we do get confused. Help us to look to your word, your truth, as you've instructed us here in this passage. Help us to look to your word, your truth, for our guidance. Help us to believe your word, your truth only, and not what we would like to believe. Help us. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.